What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the On The Market Podcast. This is Henry Washington, and I am here with Kathy Fetke. And I am introducing the show because Kathy and I are here to celebrate Dave Meyer's new book, Start With Strategy. Yeah. Woohoo. Thank you. Thank you, guys. I appreciate you doing this. Well, I think Henry and I want to understand how you're able to come out with another book after giving an amazing keynote uh, that I know took a lot of preparation and a year-end completion and forecast. I mean, how do you do it? Just deep-seated anxiety about being inferior and not accomplishing enough. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) If you want the real answer. um... (laughs) You can put those fears to rest, I think. (laughs) Oh, no, I'm just joking. I just, you know, I'm I'm lucky that I really like what I do. (laughs) I uh, really enjoy being a real estate investor and... In my job at Bigger Pockets and on this show, I get to talk a lot about data and market research, but I've also been a real estate investor for more than 13 years. And in the course of those 13 years, I've learned a lot about how to develop a strategy that works for me and my particular lifestyle. For those of you who don't know, I live in Europe, so I have to adjust my portfolio accordingly. I've gone to grad school. I've done all sorts of different things throughout my career, and I've had to build a portfolio that is conducive to the things that I want and my particular goals. And so I decided to write this new book, Start With Strategy, to help people, no matter what your background is, figure out what real estate investing strategy is right for you and put together an actional plan to go out there and achieve it. I think... This is amazing because as someone who was new not that long ago, I was one of the people that asked, how do I get started and what should I do? Not realizing that there's no one answer fits all for someone starting out. It really is dependent on you, where you're currently at, what your goals are, where you're going to invest. And then now as someone who is asked that question by people, It's really cool to be able to have a place to point them to and say, this is how you go figure that out. So kudos to you. And for somebody like me, who's been investing since before you were, either of you were born, I think. (laughs) 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 Um, No, I think 25 years ago. I don't think that's true. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's see, you were in preschool maybe, but, uh, you know, even so like strategies change and, you know, you can have a plan and then 2008 wipes it all out and you got to start over and make sure you're on course or, you know, again, like so many people just have their nose to the grindstone and forget to look up and make sure they're still on track or they even know where they're headed. Like where, what, why am I doing this? So many times people just flip, 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 forget to invest, you know, some of that money. Well, thank you both. I, I, I really appreciate it. And I think anyone who sort of teaches real estate or has been around this industry long enough understands sort of the idea here is that there is no right strategy. And that's sort of one of the main premises of the book is that there is no right strategy. There's only the right strategy for you. Just like there's no right perfect market, there's only the right market that works for you in your particular situation. And so the book helps you figure out what your 
personal goals are, and then matches you with the right strategies and tactics to help you get there. So we're going to talk all about some of the frameworks and give you some really good information, even if you don't read the book, about how to identify a good strategy. But if you do want to check out the book, go to biggerpockets.com slash strategy book. And we are doing a special pre-sale. So if you actually buy before the launch, you're going to get a free strategy planner. It's a workbook that helps you actually like create a plan. It's kind of like a business plan and you can write it all out in this, in this, uh, planner. So you would get that for free. You're also going to get live group coaching calls and all sorts of other bonuses. So make sure to check it out at biggerpockets.com slash strategy book. If you want to grab the book, make sure to use the code START177. That's START177 because that will give you 10% off the book and all the bonuses. So to me, there are basically three big, broad elements that comprise real estate investing strategy. The first one is vision, which is basically where you're trying to go and what you're trying to accomplish. Because I'm sure as you two know, there are very, very different goals. Some people just want to modestly improve their financial situation. Other people want to be tycoons and everything else in between. Some people start with modest means, some people start with more means. And so I think the first step in strategy is establishing that vision. Next, once you have a vision and know where you want to go, that's when you pick what types of deals you should be pursuing. I hear people all the time be like, should I get into short-term rentals or flipping? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what you're trying to accomplish. And so that's why vision comes first. And then what I call deal design comes second. And one of the things I love about real estate so much is that whatever your vision is, you can design deals that will work for you, regardless of what your vision is. And then the last step after vision and deal design is portfolio management. And I think this is one of the least discussed parts of real estate investing strategy, which is what do you actually do day to day? I know we all love to talk about buying deals. That's surely the sexy part of it. But what about allocating your resources or mitigating risk or deciding if you should sell or refinance or how you're going to scale? So if you combine these three things together, vision, deal design, portfolio management, those are the three things you need to create a personalized strategy that will help you reach financial freedom, whatever that means to you. If you guys are cool with it, I'd love to just go back and go through each of these vision, deal design, and portfolio management one by one. So let's just start with vision. Is this Does this sort of concept resonate with you, Kathy? Oh my gosh, 100%. Um, you know, our, our visions need to be looked at every year. So, uh, you know, read this book every year in January, you know, maybe ideally to revisit, um, you know, is it, do I have the same vision? Because we change, we grow, we have, you know, when you're single, you might have different, a different vision than when you're married and then when you have children and then when your children are gone and, um, there's so many phases of life. So revisiting the vision, it's not, um, stack, it's not, stagnant, you know, it changes all the time. Um, not all the time, but o- over time. So, you know, like right now, one of the visions I have is I'm not so interested in owning little rental properties all over the country anymore. I'm kind of consolidating some of that and doing vacation rentals so that my family can get together and use those together. Cause my top priority is family time, uh, but also to make income. So again, I wouldn't have done that 10 years ago because I was buying those little houses to get to a point where I could do this now. 
Buy low, sell high. Very easy to say, but not always so easy to do. For example, high interest rates are hurting the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices in a lot of markets are falling, even for many of the best assets. So it's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting fundrise.com slash pockets, fundrise.com slash pockets. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at fundrise.com slash flagship. This is a paid advertisement. I used to think working from home was the dream, until it wasn't. Between the distractions and the solitude, I was struggling. But then I discovered Industrious Office, and honestly, it's been a game changer. Every day at Industrious feels like stepping into a zone of productivity. The high-speed internet never fails me during crucial moments, and the workspace? It's not only stylish, but designed to boost your focus and creativity. Plus, the daily breakfast and endless coffees are super cool. Meeting other driven professionals right where I work has not just expanded my network, it's inspired me. It's amazing how being around other focused people can push you to achieve more, you know what I mean? If you're looking for a sign to change your workspace, this is it. Check out Industrious by visiting biggerpockets.com industrious. Then click join now and use the promo code pockets to get a free week of co-working when you take a tour. That's biggerpockets.com industrious and use promo code pockets after clicking join now. Experience for yourself how the right environment can change the way you work. Industrious. It's where your best work happens. You ever feel like your vacation rental sits empty too often? Missing out on potential income? Look, you're not alone. Many property owners struggle with underperforming bookings and the complexities of property management. But here's some good news. Vacasa outperforms other property managers in 92% of the markets they operate. They've helped homeowners like you increase their bookings by an average of 24%, turning those empty days into profitable opportunities. Want to see what your earnings could look like with Vacasa? Visit biggerpockets.com slash Vacasa, spelled V-A-C-A-S-A, and get a free personalized income estimate today. That's biggerpockets.com slash Vacasa. Yeah, Dave, I love that vision comes first for a couple of reasons. One, it's uh, I think a lot of entrepreneurs in any industry learn the lesson later after they've started their business that they should have designed their business around the life they wanted to live and not design their business around how much money they want to make doing that thing. And so you become this entrepreneur and you end up like becoming a slave to your business because all you were focused on was growth and making money, when really what was truly important to you was being able to make money, but not at the sacrifice of the time that I want to spend with my family. And so when you think about on the front side, what that is, if you want to prioritize time with your family, well, then that will dictate the types of investing maybe that you should get involved in, or it will dictate the amount of processes and procedures you need to put into your business. So it may be harder for you to get to that money because you're putting in so many automations on the front side, but the end result ends up in you living the life you want to live. And you can't do that without a vision first. The other thing I love is that personal values is the first question, like defining what those values are to you and letting that be a guide. And then I love that the second, I love the first question is like, what are your values? And the second question is, okay, but like how much, money do you have let's be realistic about <laughs> let's be realistic about how we're going to approach this <laughs> well, i think it's really important you know people in real estate often call it finding your why i call it personal values but 
you know, this might seem a little woo-woo, so Kathy, it's right up your alley. But uh, it's, you know, it's not because every Fortune 500 company has values too, you know? And if these companies, huge corporations, think it's important to start with their vision, their values, then you should be doing the same thing. Real estate investing is entrepreneurship, and you should be investing with these end goals in mind. Just like Henry said, like, I've never flipped a house. I don't know if I ever will because because it just sounds really annoying to me, to be honest, and I just don't want to do it. I have a pretty hard and fast rule that I try to keep my real estate investing at 20 hours a month or less. You guys were like joking about how I write books and write articles and stuff. Well, I've made a very conscious decision to not allow my portfolio to take up a huge amount of my time because I have other professional interests other than investing in real estate. And so I think it's really, really important, although it doesn't sound like investing, to really get a clear idea of why you're doing this and what you're trying to accomplish. And then to Henry's point, then you sort of got where the rubber meets the road is, all right, what do you got? And I think the, the key thing about the book is, yes, we need to know how much money you have. But I go into this in the book, but money is not the only resource that you can commit to realize your vision. There's also time and there's also skill. Like when I got started, I had I, I had zero money. I was waiting tables. I literally didn't have a bank. All my money was in my nightstand in cash. And I had no skills whatsoever. But I had a lot of time. I was, you know, I had a lot of time where I could go look for deals and run the numbers and network. And I used that to start my portfolio. And the point of the, the audit part of the, the vision where, yes, you do talk about how much money you have is you need to figure out what you can bring to the, your portfolio because you don't need to have money. You don't need to have time. You don't need to have skills per se, but you do need to have one of the three. You know, like I sometimes you hear people like, I'm really busy. I've never invested in real estate and I don't have a lot of money. How do I get started? Unfortunately, you can't in one of those situations. So you need, as part of your vision, to figure out which of those three resources you're going to contribute. If you don't have money, that's fine, but you're going to need to spend time on your portfolio. If you don't have time, that's okay, but you're going to need to have money. You need to bring something. It's like literally a law of physics that you can't create something out of nothing. And so what is the something you're going to bring to your portfolio? So your your book just doesn't teach us how to hit a button and then we get properties that make money? <laughs> I really wish it did. I wish there was a button that just wrote a book for you. That would be very easy too. But... I would buy that right now. <laughs> you, you know, having the vision actually makes the action part happen. Like I've had so many people come to our meetings at Real Wealth and they had no money and no time, <laughs> you know? And I just said, but just keep coming, keep learning. So they had obviously enough time to to learn and to attend events and talk to people. And then they started to see the opportunities. They started to change the way they think. So the more that we get clear on that vision, the more you're able to see that opportunity. And I can tell you people that I would look at and say, man, they, I don't know how they're going to get started. And then the next year they would somehow make it happen. They would either come into money. Maybe there was an inheritance. Maybe they got a new job. Maybe they got a side job. So it's like the education, like that might even be above vision, right? Absolutely. But I think the point, like if, if you have a vision and you do this audit where you look at your time and money, 
then you can identify your weaknesses. Like I, like I, if I had done these audits when I first started, it would look pretty grim, right? Like I didn't have a lot of resources, but I was still able to get clear about what I want. And that provided the motivation to get those resources. You know, I did yes. work a side hustle. I did educate myself to learn the skills, which is the third resource that I could contribute because ultimately you have to get specific. And I think there's a tendency for people who are just getting started to be like, I just want a bajillion dollars, you know, <laughs> or I just want to quit my job. And if you know anything about like in the corporate world, we do a lot of things about like goal setting or smart goals or OKRs, these type of things where the point, the, the, the philosophy is that the more specific you get about the goal, the more likely you are to achieve it. And I think that's super important here. So don't just say you want a billion dollars. Like if you do want a billion dollars and that's like a carefully thought out number, fine. But I think for most people, it's somewhere less than that. <laughs> and what you're actually after is not necessarily money, but it's some lifestyle that you're envisioning. And so go write that out. Like for me, I've always just wanted to travel a lot and real estate has enabled that to me because I set that as a goal back in 2016. I said, I wanted to move abroad and I created a real estate scenario that worked for me. And you can do that by creating a very specific vision, whatever it is there. I really think there are real estate uh, strategies that work for you, but you have to sort of spend the time and do some soul searching, honestly, to think about like why you're actually doing this. All right. So after vision, that's when it comes to what I call a deal design. I think this is the part where people think it's very fun, but this is where you align the different types of real estate investing out there with your specific vision. And I call it deal design for a very purposeful reason. People often call it finding a deal. And I do think that there is obviously a big part of real estate investing that is identifying properties that you should buy. But I call it deal design because I just love this about real estate. That is, you could, there's so many different levers you can pull to create a deal that works specifically for you. Like, even if you just bought, if you know you want to buy a rental property, how you manage that rental property, how you finance that rental property, what market you buy it in, uh, you know, what class is it in, what business plan you use to operate it are all different ways that you can adjust this particular deal to fit your vision. And so in the book, he goes through deal design and basically explains the pros and cons, trade-offs of different types of real estate investing and helps you align with what your vision said. So I'm curious what you guys think about this. Henry, I know you do a whole bunch of, of deals. Like, How do you think about designing deals that are going to work for you and your long-term strategy? It's essentially what I did without knowing I was doing it when I got started what I wanted to do when I got started was to solve the problem of helping people find deals uh, because that was my safety net, if that makes sense. Like I knew if I could get really good at finding deals that I would be able to then keep the ones I really like, but then solve a problem that every investor says they have, which is it's hard to find deals. And so it forced me to design my business in a way that was going to bring me those good deals. And then that allowed me to do exactly that. I could then monetize these deals in the ways that I wanted to, that fit my investing strategy. My investing strategy just happens to be long-term buy and hold and, uh, and fix and flips where I feel like I want to do that. But it was all 
it all came from me kind of designing my business in a way that was going to bring me the things that I wanted. And so, uh, it was, it was all in, it was, it all turned out to feel like it was intentionally done because the plan was up front. I'm curious, have you been struggling to keep your vacation rental booked? I totally get it. It's tough to manage and keep filled. But we found something that really works. It's called Vacasa. They've seriously changed the game for a lot of the BP audience. In almost every market they're in, Vacasa manages to fill up the calendar more than anyone else. And get this, the average Vacasa user sees about 24% more bookings than with other managers. That's a lot of extra income. Curious to see what you could be earning? You can get a personalized income estimate right there. I think you'll be pleasantly surprised at what Vacasa can do for you. Check out biggerpockets.com slash Vacasa, spelled V-A-C-A-S-A, biggerpockets.com slash Vacasa. I used to think working from home was the dream, until it wasn't. Between the distractions and the solitude, I was struggling. But then, I discovered Industrious Office, and honestly, it's been a game changer. Every day at Industrious feels like stepping into a zone of productivity. The high-speed internet never fails me during crucial moments, and the workspace? It's not only stylish, but designed to boost your focus and creativity. Plus, the daily breakfast and endless coffees are super cool. Meeting other driven professionals right where I work has not just expanded my network, it's inspired me. It's amazing how being around other focused people can push you to achieve more, you know what I mean? If you're looking for a sign to change your workspace, this is it. Check out Industrious by visiting biggerpockets.com slash industrious. Then click join now and use the promo code pockets to get a free week of co-working when you take a tour. That's biggerpockets.com slash industrious and use promo code pockets after clicking join now. Experience for yourself how the right environment can change the way you work. Industrious. It's where your best work happens. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI. It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Listen, when you get started, and I don't know how many uh, people listening are just starting or already have their strategy, but I can tell you when I started, I was so overwhelmed with kind of excitement and overwhelm, (laughs) confusion, because I would go to local RIA events and I would hear one guy talk about multifamily and then the next week it would be a flipper and the next week it would be a note guy. And then the next week, you know, it was so many ways to make money and all of them are so sexy and all the speakers were so successful that I just wanted to do it all, you know, and, but, but that's, that's not the way to go. Like start with a strategy that you, that you most understand or that you're uh, most excited about and and get really good at that. And then you can go on to the other ones because it's so easy to get to jump in these things that look great, but maybe you don't understand enough. And that's when the strategy doesn't work. Um, I, for some reason, I, 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 I don't know, that 10th event or whatever, I, I heard this guy talk about his single family rental portfolio. And I was like, 
I can do that. There was something That's about the one. it. That's the one. And it just, it, it was the one. It still is the one. I've done lots of other things, but I, it's a great time to be in single family, especially today. So it resonated, but go and find out about all the different strategies and then pick one. That's a perfect anecdote, Kathy. I I think so many people want to consider every possible strategy, and that is just so overwhelming. There's actually this great book I read called The Paradox of Choice. I won't get too far into it, but it's like basically everyone thinks they want a lot of choice, but when you get presented with a lot of choice, you just freeze. Um, And it's just like one of the reasons that, you, you know, for analysis paralysis. And so I think the real point of the deal design phase of strategy is narrowing down all of those amazing options. And there's no right or wrong. There are so many great options, but narrowing them down for just the ones that fit your vision and that, as Kathy said, you can reasonably execute on. I totally agree with you, Kathy. Being a host of a podcast, we get to hear from the coolest people ever talking about the coolest stuff that they're doing all the time. Yeah. And every time I get off this podcast, I'm like, damn it, I should be doing that. Why am I not doing that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have to be like, ground myself a little bit and be like, okay, no, I can't go out there and do what Henry's doing or Kathy's doing or any of our guests are doing. They're not me. They have different circumstances. And I got to stick to the plan that I've put in place. 100%. There's so much FOMO in real estate, (laughs) especially when you see all these things on Facebook and Instagram. Totally. And I just, yeah, I mean, this is a whole nother point, but I just think one of the reasons I wrote the book in general is just like, you got to run your own race. Like you hear all these people telling you, you got to do this strategy or this is the only way to make money. And it's honestly just nonsense. There are plenty of ways to make money as long as you just dedicate yourself to being good at the things that you do and you actually want to do them, you're going to do all right. All right. So the last step of portfolio strategy after vision, which is where you want to go, and then deal design, which is kind of like the how, like vision's like where you want to go. Deal design is how you're going to use real estate to get there. And then portfolio management is like, what should I do? And when should I do it? And where should I be doing it? Like, where should I buy deals? What does my buy box look like? Should I be selling, refinancing, sort of getting into the nitty gritty of managing your portfolio. And for me, this is the thing that took longest to get good at, or at least disciplined about in my real estate investing career. I was very focused on buying stuff. Everyone always asks like, how many doors do you have? They don't like ask, do you have proper risk mitigation practices in place or like anything like that? Because it's not sexy, but it is super important. And people always want to know, should I buy? Should I sell? Should I refinance? And really, these things come down to the same ideas. Like, what are you trying to accomplish? What is going on in your portfolio? And so in this part of the book, I, one, created an entire Excel workbook that you get for free as part of the book that helps you track your portfolio and see how well different deals in your portfolio are doing and give you some information to make these decisions. Like, Do you guys look at your portfolio on a regular basis, Kathy? Just curious, like how often are you looking at what's going on and how do you use that to make decisions about what you're doing each and every day? Oh, so coming back to the beginning, it's like, it's so important to know who you are and what you're good at. And I'm fortunate enough that I'm married to a man who loves to put together spreadsheets and analyze. So as a couple, and we we try to teach people this all the time, especially couples, sit down once a week and look at your portfolio together. Hopefully one of you 
is kind of a spreadsheet person. If if not, get a bookkeeper or someone who is and sit down and look at it. So Rich and I do um, once a week, look at the, we spend an hour, look at our portfolio, kind of look at asset protection. Do we have the right trust in place? Do we need to have a meeting with with somebody to make sure? Um, and then that, all that stuff doesn't come up on date night. <laughs> then date night could be date night and, and don't talk about these things. But absolutely, yeah, we look at, we try to look at it every week because you can you can lose sight of wow I, I really have a lot of equity in this I could it's just dead equity I could put it to use somewhere else I mean life changes quickly got to look at it regularly yeah that's exactly what I do we look uh, I look every week at my portfolio part of that is because that's when I have a staff meeting every week and so it forces me to look at the ongoing projects that we have but that also gets me looking at my rent roll and gets me looking at uh, uh, the the property management reports and seeing vacancies and, and how all that's being managed. So um, every week we're taking a look at the portfolio as a whole, both on what we are owning and keeping and what we're actively turning over. I love that because, it, you know, even if you only have two or three properties, sometimes you get so fixated on one that's maybe a problem property. You're spending all of your attention there and you're missing opportunities or risks in your other in other parts of your portfolio and you don't recognize it. It's not just about like identifying vacancies or things. As Kathy said, sometimes you realize there's equity trapped in a property that could be deployed elsewhere. That's actually Kathy how why I started doing this tracking and created this spreadsheet is when I first started investing, I bought this four unit in 2010 or 11 or something. And I was like so proud of how much equity was in it. I was like, oh my God, when I sell that one day, I'm going to make so much money. And for like three or four or five years, I was like, this is going to be amazing. And then I realized I joined Bigger Pockets full time and I realized, oh my God, I have just been wasting all of this money. I could have bought all these other properties. I could have been using my resource so much better. And it was sort of this awakening that I would and sort of committed to myself that I was never going to get caught in that situation again. So it's not just about like the boring stuff of like looking through reports. It's about finding opportunities and where your your portfolio can continue to get better. I completely agree. I, I talked about this, as a matter of fact, at the Bigger Pockets conference. I think it was uh, Lika who had brought it up. The whole point was uh, we were talking about deals and and getting more deals. And one of the points that was made is like the whole point of getting deals is to produce more income, build more wealth. And there's a lot of there's not enough people talk about growth in terms of managing your current portfolio and seeing what optimizations you can make within that portfolio. And especially in a time like this, where it may be more difficult for you to get that monthly cash flow. But what if there was some small updates you could make to existing properties that allowed you to get more rent and that allowed you to create more cash flow in your existing portfolio? Is that money better spent doing that than going out and buying a property where you're probably going to break even right now at a 9% interest rate? So it, it, without having a vision and a structure and a portfolio management sitting right in front of you, it may be harder for you to do that. I mean, that's how our whole business even began is I live in California and I would talk to people when I would go to those RIAs of these events and people would be like, oh, what do you mean you can't cash flow in California? I cash flow. I'm like, how? Like, oh, we have the property paid off. <laughs> okay. I'm so glad to hear that you're cash flowing. <laughs> that little tidbit. 
Exactly. But I'm like, but I'm buying all these cash flow properties in Texas and your property is a million dollars in California, but making $3,000 a month. And I'm like, you know, you could triple that, you know, you could triple your cash flow pretty much overnight. Um, so portfolio management has been my thing for again, 25 years. Cause I just like, I'd scratch my head and be like, people aren't counting the equity as money. Totally. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Like you wouldn't put that much money down on a property and think it's a good deal, but somehow because it's there and you didn't, it, you know, you didn't, that it doesn't count. I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it's such a good point. Like imagine you had 50 grand, like maybe you could use that as a down payment on a property that might, you know, get, whatever, two, 3% cash flow right now in most markets, if you're lucky, what maybe you can add an ADU or finish out a basement or just do a cosmetic rehab that's going to increase rents by and, and pay yourself off relatively fast. And you can actually earn a better cash on cash return by putting that money into your existing portfolio than you would acquiring something new. And I... I know this took me a long time to figure out because we in the real estate industry, people talk a lot about doors. And I honestly, I just hate that. I think it's so crazy that people focus so much on doors because you can have a lot of crappy properties and have a lot of doors. And honestly, some of the people I know who have fewer doors are making a lot more money because they're extremely efficient with their properties um, and they're very good at operating their businesses. So I don't know, I'm going on a diatribe there, but I just think managing your portfolio, being very aware of what's going on in your portfolio is going to really help you achieve your goals, honestly, with less work. It's going to make less headache and make it easier for you throughout your investing career. I, I just want to jump in and say that you nailed it, that a lot of times it's something else driving people like ego versus the actual vision. And that ego for so many years was, I have hundreds of doors, you know, and you'd go to these, you know, events and people felt bad if they're like, well, I only have 20, I must be a big loser. But then you find out later that, you know, these people maybe just invested in a syndication. They don't own 50 doors or a thousand doors. Or, oh. Exactly. <laughs> it's such nonsense. Yeah. Real estate investor, man. It's a lie. That's actually one of the reasons I wrote the book is at one of the Bigger Pockets conferences, someone came up to me and was like, hey, I'm just a newbie. I only have 37 doors. I know. And at first I was like, are you freaking crazy? You're more advanced than 95% of the people here. But it honestly, it kind of made me sad. I was like, yeah. man, like you're sitting here having accomplished a lot that more than most people ever will. Yes. And you're feeling apologetic about that or like some reason that you haven't accomplished something. And I just makes you realize like it's, it's driven by ego because I'm sure that person is probably doing well financially. And hopefully maybe this part of this book will normalize the idea that you don't need a certain amount of doors. You don't need a certain amount of time. You don't need anything in particular, whatever it is that you want, just go pursue it and find the real estate investing strategy for you, but don't go pursue a ton of doors just for the sake of it. Because honestly, I could buy a lot of doors right now and it would probably worsen my portfolio performance than if I just focused on what I got or remained really disciplined to what I'm trying to accomplish. And what you've been accomplishing is travel. You just got back from Thailand. So pretty cool. I would say you're on target. <laughs> exactly. It's just Exactly. My my real estate plan is working. I am proud to say that. <laughs> 
All right. Well, thank you both so much for for coming here and talking about my book. I really appreciate you taking the time. It's really cool, and it's going to help a lot of people. So I'm glad we could talk about it and share it. Yeah. Thank you. It was a it was a fun exercise to go through. I literally have it sitting up. It's been open on my on my screen for a few days, and it's 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 really cool to just have all these metrics right in front of you in, in, in an organized way. So I, I think it's going to help a lot of people. Awesome. Well, thank you. And if you are interested in building your own real estate investing strategy, getting all the frameworks and exercises that walk you through all the important decisions that you need to make as a real estate investor, make sure to check out the book. The presale is still going on. You get all those goodies that we talked about at the beginning, and you'll also get my eternal gratitude for buying my book. <laughs> if you want to grab the book, go to biggerpockets.com slash strategy book. And when you're there and checking out, make sure to remember to use the code START177. That's START177 because that will get you 10% off the book and all the bonuses. Thank you all so much for listening. We will be back in just a couple of days with our normally scheduled episode of On the Market. On the Market was created by me, Dave Meyer, and Kalen Bennett. The show is produced by Kalen Bennett with editing by Exodus Media. Copywriting is by Calico Content, and we want to extend a big thank you to everyone at Bigger Pockets for making this show possible. Investing in small multifamily properties is probably the most popular niche in the entire Bigger Pockets community, and there's a good reason for that. You can put as little as 3.5% down and own up to four units. So just think about that for a second. You can house hack where you live in one of the units, but in addition to having a place to live, you still have three different groups of tenants helping to pay down your mortgage each month. You have four kitchens and bathrooms that you could add value to to build equity. You could also turn one or more of the properties into a short-term rental or a medium-term rental. And all this, what I'm describing here, is just one transaction. But of course, the question is, where do you find one of these small multifamily properties that you can afford? Which markets and which deals are best for you? How about after you close? How do you manage it? Optimize it. Keep scaling and living your life without being tied down by four leaky toilets or four fussy tenants? These are all great questions. And luckily for you, they're going to be answered in the upcoming Small Multifamily Bootcamp with Chris Lopez and Leica Devatha. So if you're serious about growing your portfolio with this highly efficient, great strategy, head to biggerpockets.com slash four today and join us in the Small Multifamily Bootcamp. I'll see you there. The content of this podcast is for informational purposes only. Past performance is not indicative of future results, and all hosts and participant opinions are their own. Investments in any asset, real estate included, involves risk. Use your best judgment and consult with qualified advisors before investing. Only risk capital you can afford to lose. Bigger Pockets LLC disclaims all liability for direct, indirect, consequential, or other damages arising from reliance upon information presented in this podcast.